0: Hello and welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm Dustin Roberts, the outreach minister here on staff and for the next half hour, I'll also be your host as Rabbi Schneider explains predestination and the Bible. Well, unless you're a scholar of church doctrine or theology, you may not be familiar with the controversy surrounding the subject of predestination and election. The topic is complex and it's of vital importance though because the Bible tells us that our ways are not God's ways. And so Rabbi's message today is really going to shine a light on the sovereignty of God. If you've got a pen and paper handy, make sure to grab it because this is going to be a great day
1: to take some notes. Father God, we just ask you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation now to understand your word and to understand you and your nature. In Yeshua's name, amen. I am talking about how the plan of salvation that we see revealed in the Hebrew Bible that we call the Tanakh, which is often referred to as the Old Testament, is identical to what we find in the New Testament. How were people saved in the Hebrew Bible? Beloved, they were saved through God's sovereign choice of them, and because God chose an individual, he then gave them faith. That's how Israel got saved. Israel as a nation was chosen out of all the peoples on the face of the earth, according to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6 and 7. God didn't choose them because they were great, but because God loved them. In the same way today, individuals come to know God because of his sovereign choice. In the book of Romans chapter nine, Paul is asking this question. He said, if Israel is God's chosen people, and if Yeshua, Jesus is the Messiah, why are so many within Israel not believing? Has the word of God failed? Paul actually asked that question. Has the word of God failed? Listen again, if Israel is God's chosen people, we know that Israel is God's chosen people. They were chosen, we're going to find out, to bring the revelation of God to the world. They were not chosen in a sense that every individual Jew was chosen to walk with God because we read through Israel's history, many Jews didn't walk with God, but they were chosen as a nation to be the couriers to bring the revelation of salvation to the world. The prophets were Jewish. The scriptures came to us through the Hebrew people, and ultimately, Messiah himself came to us through Israel. So the nation of Israel was chosen, but not every individual Jew in Israel was chosen. This is why God said to Elijah, I've reserved 7,000 for myself that have not bowed to the knee of Baal. So listen once again, we're in Romans chapter nine and Paul is asking the question, Israel's God's chosen people, Jesus is the Messiah, but so many within Israel are not believing Paul asks, has the word of God failed? If Israel's is God's chosen people and Yeshua is the Messiah and so many within Israel are not believing, has something gone wrong? Has God's plan failed? And Paul answers the question, absolutely not. And the way, beloved one, that he answers the question is by showing us that not everybody born into the nation of Israel was chosen to know God. Now, I know at this point, things are really beginning to feel a bit controversial. What is he saying here for some? So I wanna ask you, if you would please, just to hear me out and to be patient because I'm just gonna be sharing with you, beloved ones, the Word of God. And I know that there's balance to what I'm gonna teach you today, and I'm gonna try to bring balance to it. But what I'm sharing with you is really important because when you understand the truth of what I'm gonna share with you, it will really solidify you in your walk with God. So once again, Paul is going to answer the question, listen, God's word has not failed. Although many within Israel have not believed, Romans chapter 9, it's not as though the word of God has failed. And Paul shows us this now by quoting to us some truths from the Bible. Let's begin Romans chapter 9 today, and I want to begin reading in verse number 10. Paul says this, and not only this, but there was Rebekah also when she had conceived twins by one man, our father, Isaac. So Rebecca is pregnant. There's twins in her womb, okay? Verse number 11. For though the twins were not yet born and had not done anything good or bad so that God's purpose, according to his choice, some translations read election, that's his choice, according to his choice would stand, not because of works, but because of him who calls, it was said to her, the older will serve the younger, just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Now, that does not sound fair. The twins were not yet born. Neither had done anything either good or bad. Now, some people, because they don't like what Paul is saying here, and it doesn't make sense to them, and it's not easy to receive and it makes God seem unfair to them, they think, how could this be? They say to themselves, well, even though the twins had not yet done anything either good or bad, God knew what they were gonna do, and so God made the decision because he knew what they were gonna do. But beloved ones, Paul is trying to make the exact opposite point. Paul is trying to make us understand that God is making a determination about who he's going to bring to himself, and it has nothing to do with either Jacob or Esau. It has nothing to do with their works. It has nothing to do with anything within them. It's based, Paul said, on God's sovereign choice that election might stand. So listen once again. For though the twins were not yet born and had not done anything good or bad, so that God's purpose according to his choice withstand, not because of works, but because of him who calls. If you're open, isn't it plain what Paul is saying here? He's saying that God is going to make a determination about these two in the womb. Jacob have I loved, but Esau I hated. The elder shall serve the younger. And God's determination of choosing the one and not the other has nothing to do with anything within Jacob or anything to do with what's in Esau. It's based only in God's prerogative to choose who he wants to because he's God in the same way that God said in Deuteronomy 7, Israel, I've chosen you to be a people for myself out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. God chose them out of all the peoples. He made a distinction. He didn't treat everybody the same. He chose Israel out of all the world. And then he said, and it wasn't because you were great. You were the fewest. I did it because I loved you. So I want you to grab this because when you understand that you love Jesus because God first loved you and that the reason you have faith is because he gave it to you as a gift. It's the gift of God. It'll make you rejoice exceedingly and you'll know who you are. You'll know your identity and you'll know your destiny. When you realize as Jesus taught in John 15, 16, we did not choose him but he chose us. Let's continue on. So though the twins were not yet born and had not done anything good or bad, so that God's purpose, according to his choice, would stand, not because of works, but because of him who calls, it was said to her, the older will serve the younger, just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Now, that doesn't sound fair. What I'm teaching doesn't sound fair. And the reason you can be assured that what I'm saying and teaching is the correct way to interpret this is because Paul knows that we won't like this revelation. So, what's the very next thing Paul says? What should we say then? There is no injustice with God, is there? May it never be. In other words, beloved, what I'm teaching is that God does not treat everybody the same, He doesn't have to, He's God. I'm teaching that plainly and clearly because it's exactly what the scripture says. But people don't like hearing this because they want to bring God down to their own morality. They think God needs to be fair in the same way that humanity's fair. But beloved, God's ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. God is fair. And the way to understand that is he didn't have to choose anybody. No one deserved to be chosen. We too, those that believe, were by nature children of wrath, Ephesians chapter 2, indulging in the lust of the flesh and of the mind, being led by the course of this world. God didn't have to save us if God would have not saved anybody. If he would have destroyed the whole world, just like he did during the time of Noah, without saving a soul, God would have been just. No one had a claim on him. No one deserved anything. So if God wanted to show mercy to a few when no one was deserving of his mercy, does that make God guilty and unfair because he showed mercy to a few when he didn't need to show mercy to anybody? What if I walked out my building right now and I just walked across the street? There's a bunch of homes on the street. I knocked on a door. The person came to the door and I gave them $100. And that person was stunned. They said, well, what's this for? And I said, well, I just felt like I wanted to do this for you. I just wanted to bless you. Here's $100. Would I be guilty for not going to the other 55 homes on the street and giving them $100 too? No, I wouldn't be guilty because none of them deserved $100. The one that I gave $100 to didn't deserve it. I just, out of my own free will wanted to be merciful to that one and to bless that one. It didn't make me guilty for not doing the same for all the other homes on the street because none of them deserved a thing. In the same way, God, beloved, out of a world that was walking away from him, we too, the Bible says, were by nature children of wrath even as the rest. We weren't seeking God. The scripture says no one seeks God, no, not one. We read in the gospels that someone came to Jesus and said, good teacher. Jesus said, why do you call me good? Only God is good. When Isaiah saw the Lord, he fell on his face as a dead man. He said, woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm surrounded by an unclean people. The whole world is filthy. So if God wants to take out of the world a few people and reconcile them to himself, God's not guilty for doing that. God has not rejected people that come to him. God saves everybody that comes to him. God doesn't turn anybody away. The problem is no one comes to him unless God brings them to himself. It's a gift. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi
0: Schneider. And as Christians, discerning God's voice amongst life's conflicting voices is challenging. And that's why Rabbi Schneider has created a free powerful new talk, a guide to hearing God's voice. He'll equip you with tools so you can clearly know when God is speaking. Don't wait, go to myfreegift.com forward slash hearing. That's myfreegift.com forward slash hearing and claim your free copy to start transforming your spiritual journey today. Just as this program has been a blessing to you, you can multiply the blessing with others. It's simple when you become a monthly partner. Give a financial gift of any amount today or set up your monthly automated gift by calling this number, 800-777-7835. That's 800-777-7835. Or you can visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com when you give your equipping others for Jesus' return. And now, here is Rabbi Schneider.
1: Let's continue on. What I'm sharing, it doesn't fit the world's framework of being fair, but it fits the way God is able to be fair. The reason you can be assured that what I'm explaining is true, beloved, the way I'm explaining it is because Paul tells us how people will react and the way that people will react, Paul says, is exactly the way perhaps some of you are reacting. So Paul says in the very next verse, he says, what should we say then, Paul asks the question, because he knows, I'm in verse number 14, he knows that what he's saying doesn't seem fair to humankind. Humankind says God has to treat everybody the same way. Paul knows that when he explains to people, say that's not fair. So what does Paul say? What should we say then? There is no injustice with God, is there? In other words, he knows people are going to say, is God unjust? That seems unjust. Is this an unjust God that we believe in? Paul says, what should we say then? There is no injustice with God, is there? May it never be. Now notice, beloved one, the next verse. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. In other words, God can show mercy to who he wants to. Just like I gave the analogy of my walking out of my building, 55 homes on the street. I haven't done a thing for any of them. None of them have done a thing for me. No one owes me anything. I don't owe anybody anything, but I just decide, you know what, I wanna go bless somebody on that street. I walk up to one of the homes again, knock on their door. They come to the door, I give them a $100 bill. They said, wow, what's this for? I say, nothing, I just wanna bless you. I turn around and walk away. They're like, wow. I'm not guilty for not giving the other 54 homes a $100 bill. So once again, God says, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it does not depend on the man who wills or on the man who runs, but on God who has mercy. Once again, it doesn't depend on who we are or what we do, but it depends on God that has mercy. Now, a lot of people hear what I'm teaching and they just won't let themselves receive it. They wanna bring it back to themselves. The reason that God would be merciful to one and not another, they reason, is because something about the person. God foreknew the person was gonna choose him. God foreknew the person. That's exactly the opposite of what Paul's saying. Paul just got done saying here, it does not depend on the man who wills or on the man who runs, but it depends on God who shows mercy. It's the same thing, beloved, we looked at in the book of Ephesians chapter two, that we also were by nature, all of those that are born again and believe, that we also were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest, we were dead, Paul said in our transgressions and sins. What was the difference? Paul says in verse number four of Ephesians two, but God, that's the difference, not who we were, but God because of the great love with which he loved us made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved through faith and the faith is the of yourselves. It is the gift of God that no one should boast. Do you see, church, the similarity? Will you receive the word of God today? Throw out your own understanding. Throw out your own limitations. God's ways are not your ways. The word of God is clearly revealed, and I'll continue, beloved, by the grace of God to show it to you today. I hope that you'll be able to receive it. Now, what many people argue is that, well, God chose some because the scripture definitely speaks about God choosing. For example, I read in Ephesians chapter one, verse number four, that God chose us, the exact word God chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Peter writes to those that are chosen. So there's no question that the word chosen is used in the Bible, as is the word chosen predestined used in the Bible. God predestined us, we read in the book of Ephesians chapter one to himself. We read in the book of Romans chapter 8, whom He chose, He also did predestined to himself. People say, okay, I see it in the Bible. No one can argue with the concept of being chosen or with the concept of being predestined, because if you're going to argue that there's no such thing as being chosen, or there's no such thing as being predestined, well, you might as well just throw out the Bible because it's in the Bible. Let's go to the book of Romans chapter eight. I'm gonna show you the same concept, Romans chapter number eight. The grass withers, the flowers fade, hallelujah, but the word of the Lord abides forever. Look in verse number 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of a son. Now, what does it mean, those whom he foreknew? Paul doesn't say there that he foreknew what you were going to do, and because he foreknew that you were going to choose him, he predestined you. That's exactly the opposite of what Paul is saying. Paul is saying he foreloved you, he foreknew you. As he said in the book of Ephesians, you were chosen before the foundation of the world because you were chosen before the foundation of the world. Ephesians chapter one, verse four, God predestined you to himself. Do you get it, beloved? His choice of you was not dependent on you. He did not choose you because he saw that you were gonna choose him. Let me say it again. He did not choose his people. He did not choose you, beloved, or I, or any other believer, because he saw that we would choose him. That would make his choice of us dependent on our choice of him. But Paul just went out of his way to say, it did not depend on the man that wills or the man who runs, but on God who shows mercy. He shows mercy to whom he wants to show mercy to. Before the twins were born, neither having done anything either good or bad in order that God's purpose, according to his choice, might stand. He did not choose you and I, and as a result of that, Predestined us to Himself because He saw that we were going to choose Him. When the Scripture says in Romans 8:29, "Whom He foreknew, He also did predestine to Himself," it means that God chose us before the foundation of the world, and because we were chosen, beloved in Him, before we were born, just like Jeremiah was chosen in his mother's womb. Because we were chosen, beloved, He brought us to Himself. Jesus hits this head-on. In John 15, 16, he says to his followers, he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. You were chosen by God. Why would any of us want to resist that? To know, beloved, that you were specifically, personally chosen by your Creator to be His before the foundation of the world, to be in relationship with Him, to be holy and blameless in love before Him. Beloved, why would you not want to receive that? God loves you. He's always loved you. He'll never love you any more, beloved ones, than He does right now.
0: So encouraging. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and you're listening to the straightforward and authentic Bible teaching of Rabbi Schneider. Well, today's message, it was a tough one because it doesn't fit the world's framework, For talking about what's fair But God knows us And he knows exactly what's needed To bring about his plan into your life And we can be sure that he is always, always faithful And if you'd like to learn more about predestination And how you can respond to God's leading on your own Make sure to download Rabbi's teaching notes for this message You'll find this important resource And so much more online at our website DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com But right now, let's hear from Rabbi
1: once again. This is a beautiful few verses of scripture. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. Hear the word of the Lord. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper. Whoever refreshes will be refreshed. He who waters will himself be watered. It's so true. God is a giver. Love gives. God so loved the world that He gave. Jesus said, he that gives is greater than he that receives. I just want to encourage you and I to walk in a spirit, beloved, of generosity. Of course, I myself, I'm a preacher, and it costs us many, many dollars to do what we do. And I just wanted to ask you to open your heart to be a giver. If God's using this ministry, to truly bless you. Beloved, would you sow financially back into it? I believe, according to the Word of God, you'll be refreshed for your obedience. Thank you, God bless you, and Shalom.
0: And to financially support this ministry with a one-time gift, please call 800-777-7835. That's 800-777-7835 or sign up to be a monthly partner online when you visit us at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also send your gift of any amount in the mail when you write to us at Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. And folks, we're so grateful for your faithful donations and your prayers of support. It's so important to us that you value Rabbi's teaching and you want to see this ministry thrive as we take the gospel around the world. As a token of our appreciation for your financial gifts, we want to send you Rabbi Schneider's message of the month, and that's available as a digital download. And we'll also send you the latest copy of our newsletter that's designed with listeners like you in mind. And you know, understanding that God chose us first, it should increase our sense of awe and worship of the Lord. And because when we know and receive the gifts of God, we can be sure and settled in our salvation, knowing that this was God's plan and that He selected us from the foundations of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about the Hebrew heritage of our Christian faith, and we'd love for you to request a copy of Rabbi's book, The Lion of Judah. The book is available on our website, and you can purchase a copy for yourself or a loved one at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And now discovering to say a blessing over us today as we wrap up this message titled Predestination and the Bible. Here is
1: Rabbi Schneider. What I love about the ironic blessing is that it did not originate with man. The words actually proceeded from the very essence of God himself. The blessing comes from the book of Numbers, chapter 6. So listen to these words and receive the blessing of the Lord into your life today. <laughs> vi khuna Yahweh sa I'm Dustin
0: Roberts and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Be sure to join us tomorrow when Rabbi Schneider explains why God is the author and the finisher of our faith. That's Friday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.